There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Things are only impossible when they are not. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a Star Trek Picard podcast on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and joining me on this mission into the unknown is... I'm Redshirt Dave, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 2 of Season 1 of Star Trek Picard. Interesting episode, wouldn't you think? Sure. (laughs) A lot of exposition, but it was exposition that we definitely needed, because at least now we seem to have a little bit more of a path forward, at least. Yeah, we were uh, given another look at the past, and we're... Caught up in the present and huh, made a new enemy of that admiral. What's oh, her name? Clancy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know what, Steve? I was thinking the first time I watched it, I go, man, she's got a pair of balls. The legend of uh, Jean-Luc Picard comes for help. I know I'm skipping ahead here, but this I have to get this off my chest because she, she maddened me so much. Yes. And I said to myself, what a pair of balls. And if you look closely at her desk, she's got a pile of balls <laughs> right there in front of her. I took a picture of it. <laughs> That's where they come from. She keeps them on her desk. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing, though. We get to see him uh, return to Starfleet headquarters, and we get some nice exhibition from uh, his two ex-Tal Shiar friends back at the vineyard, and we learn a little more about Starfleet security. So, yeah, there's a lot of exposition, but at least we did learn a lot. Yes. And I I am aching for some uh, interstellar action. Oh, yeah. And I think we'll probably get that in another. Two episodes, maybe three. Yeah, it's going to take a while. I mean, I guess if you, I don't know, everyone looks at the previews. Uh, they're just barely scratching at the surface of his of his crew, let alone getting a ship. Right. I should mention to our listeners out there, I finished the latest issue of Star Trek Picard Countdown, which recounts the uh, events before the Romulan disaster when Romulus, or at least their star, I don't know if I know the name of the star, explodes and destroys their home planet. I was hoping we'd find out more about Rafi, because by the end of the episode, with a bottle of 86, he goes to visit her, and she's in the comics as his first officer aboard the Verity. But the comic concludes without telling us, really, why she has such disdain for him. Well, friendly disdain, I guess. Yeah, we don't for sure. I mean, she's no, no. a gun. And- <laughs> yeah, I know. He's really taking it on the chin. Yeah. I mean, just about everyone's yelling at him, and he... He handles it with such equanimity. I'm surprised. Uh, The only time we've seen him really lose it, as much as he can lose it, was in the first episode when he lost it during the interview. Right. And he just really walked away. Yeah. I thought he was about to lose it with the Admiral, too. but I was going to. At least he stood up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What did you just say to me? Oh, my. And they're swearing. Wow. I'm like, damn you, lady. (laughs) Well, let's jump into episode two, shall we? Yes, maps and legends. And uh, the legends has to be Picard. 
himself, of course, of in the course. little play in words there with maps and a legend on how to read a map. I'm glad they knew, still know how to do that. In the, are they in the 24th century? Isn't it 2399 where they are? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Picard begins investigating the mystery of Dodge as well as what her very existence means to the Federation. Without Starfleet support, Picard is left leaning on others for help, including Dr. Agnes Gerardi. I like her. And her strange former colleague, Rafi Musiker. Musiker. Meanwhile, hidden enemies are also interested in Picard's search for the truth about Dodge. So, as the episode opens, it's first contact day. I'm surprised that's not celebrated on uh, Twitter, Steve. Right, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, what is it? Yeah, May 4th, right? May the 4th be with you? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get uh, first contact day celebrated on Twitter. And we get a great look at the facility of the uh, Utopia Panisha on Mars. I should look that up. And uh, I mean, it must be Utopia. We know what that is, Planitia Planet, I suppose. I don't know why they would name it that, though. Right. And it looks like they're setting up uh, old starships and building new ones for the Romulan Rescue Armada. I, I, didn't, I don't like the look. A lot of those ships, they look, I don't know. I'm used to the softer, rounder edges right. of, with the uh, saucers and the rest, even though some of them became more elongated. But these, these have a lot sharper, I don't know, noses to them. They look Romulan. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did look... Uh, look threatening. Threatening, yeah. That's a perfect word for it. Yeah. And you kind of go, wow, that's a whole lot of ships. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to meet some of the, the crew. <laughs> and there, uh, there's a skeleton crew, and they make a joke about, you can't have uh, a skeleton crew without skeletons. They're like, shut up, you. Careful <laughs> <laughs> what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. They all seem to be pretty happy, though in their construction business, so at least they're happy in the future. And we get to see the workers interact with a synth. His name is F8. Yeah, and the well, first thing I thought of Steve was fate. Right. <laughs> you know, it's fate. It goes all the way back to uh, Frankenstein, which we discussed in our first episode, the fate of being responsible for your inventions. And as always, people or beings aren't responsible to their inventions, and they're fated to be, I don't know, like Frankenstein, his monster. His monster turned on him. And humanity, and sure enough, F8 was fated to uh, turn on his makers, too. You know what? Uh, the funny thing is, when they're teasing him, <laughs> right? one of the females there st stood up for him, and the other girl goes, uh, what are you, a sister? Right. They creep me yeah. out. Uh, yeah. That's a clue. It's yes, a clue. It to it's a clue. It's a clue to my ultimate theory that I clued you in on right. before we went on the air <laughs> as to the relation between organic beings and synthetic beings. Because, uh, yeah, that's a clue. Yes, it is. And it also brings up something that when Next Generation started, you kind of got the feeling that they had eliminated that. But, you know, the old prejudices are apparently harder to get rid of than what the bright <laughs> future of Next Generation made them out to be. Yeah, I know, unfortunately. I mean, they see these people seem nice. I, mean, I like how the way Pincus greets Everyone, all the uh, synths right. in their locker. He goes, good morning, plastic people. <laughs> good morning. What do you call them? Something like something Pincus. Right. Commander Pincus or something like that. <laughs> they all march out together. Oh, what was that old scientific movie? It's one of the first ones ever with the robot. The people would just march out to their jobs, and that's all they had to do. It kind of reminded me of that. I'll right. have to think of it as we go on. Anyway, as, as they're eating their brown and sticky stuff, one of the greatest jokes of the 24th century, apparently. I think they could do better than that. Yeah, I think so, too. A stick? Really? Uh, <laughs> I know. 
It's so bad. That is so bad. Anyway, F8 had faded to uh, turn his back on them, literally and figuratively, and he drops the defenses. Like how he was able to access the defense inside a, a, a lab, I don't know. That's right. a little. I mean, like maybe you can in any if you if you're in a root of something in a computer system. It's all connected. You can find a way, but still. Why doesn't he just go into the synth men's room and access the computer there? <laughs> but uh, it, it ends for the worst because not only does he drop the uh, the planetary defense grid, but he turns on a he looks it looks like some type of welding device that they use. And a shot. Did you notice it shot right through him? You could right. see the beam yes. go right through him and hit the wall behind him. Yeah, never never saw that. No, in Next Generation or any of the other spinoffs. Yeah, that was very interesting to see that go through the person, and wow. Yeah, and you you wonder what turned him. His eyes turn. Yeah, he his... clicked. I almost thought something they said cued that programming, but I don't think so. No, no I don't. I don't no. think so either. He, I, I think the orders just it just came time for the orders. Either to give him or he was on some type of timer. Right, more than likely that that's what I was kind of thinking was that yes, either he received a signal that. Mm. activated him or yeah it was a timed thing we still don't know exactly who but i think it's uh we suspect the romulans in fact well it's hinted earlier that the romulans might have captured boar technology and used that to command them to work together and overthrowing mars and destroying the rescue fleet and we still haven't learned why right or it still could be maddox i think because we still yeah. don't know what his motivations are right now yeah He's so. either a prisoner, in a, a prisoner of the Romulans, or he's being Doctor Frankenstein himself, and he's got his own personal planet hidden somewhere and cloaked, you know, where no one can find him. Jeez, he could be on Earth. Yeah. Well, we know. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that's our the next domino to fall in learning exactly what the hell is going on here. <laughs> yeah, I think they were discussing later why Soji was moved off planet. Right. Anyway. We'll let you get to the next part, Steve. All right. So we see Picard investigating Dodge Death with Loris and Zaban, and there is absolutely no record of Dodge being there at the scene. Yeah. Hmm. And of course, that gets Loris thinking. And when she mentions she might have an idea, <laughs> see, Javon, no, no, don't, don't, yeah, don't, no. don't go there. <laughs> Uh, and so that was so great he's so expressive they're they've become so humanized the romulans he just like rolls his eyes turn here we go yeah <laughs> i think loris actually enjoyed it though the, the childhood secret people just scare the rookies on uh tal shiar he's like not this again right and of course loris goes ahead and tells him of a legendary <laughs> rom cabal even more secretive than the tal shiar wow and we find out about the Zat Vosh. Secrets of the Dead. Yeah. And so even no one knows exactly what the secret is, or at least Loris doesn't, it's somehow tied to the Romulans' deep, unassurgible loathing of artificial light, which seems to be the heart of this series, at least. Yeah, I have a theory. As I mentioned before, it went on air. Remind me to remind me to repeat it <laughs> by the end of the episode. We'll get to it later. Yep. And we see Picard and Loris beam into Dodge's apartment. <laughs> and yeah, they comment that considering there was a, a murder there and a fight, it sure doesn't look like one. No. Despite evidence of the contrary, as Picard would say. Right. And 
Loris uses some uh, old Romulan forensic tricks to figure out what happened, but doesn't really show anything as apparently the Zajvat has scrubbed the room. Yeah, with leptons. Harmful leptons, too. I guess you don't want to be around them because she did a great personal risk to them, too. So I don't know what leptons do, but it's right. not good for you. But I, I, do let that, I do like that little twinkle in her eye. Ola Brady is so great. Oh, yeah. She was amazing in this Yeah, episode. she's the subtleness of some of her looks. I mean, she had that twinkle in her eye when she mentioned the Jacques Vosh to begin with. And then when uh, uh, she gets out her old Romulan forensic tricks and Picard goes, well, we know those are useless. And she goes, well, that's what we wanted you to think. <laughs> She's still proud of herself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, of course, we do get to find that one little thing that got missed. And it yes. was that the um, your assistant basically builds a profile of the person. And seeing that Soji is an exact replica of Dodge, they are able to identified that yes dodge received calls from her sister and that she is not on earth but is off world all right thank you romulan technology <laughs> now of course this immediately gets the wheels turning in picard's brain as it becomes increasingly obvious that he's going to have to head back to the stars yeah speaking of a twinkle in the eye <laughs> he's certainly uh Got those wheel turning. He's like, oh, off planet? Great. I'm yes, going. Yes, I need to go. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are a couple of problems. First, his doctor, an old friend who served beside him on the Stargazer, has some bad news about his health. Even though the rest of his testing came out much better than one expected for a man of his age. <laughs> a relic. <laughs> a relic, I know. And we see the return of the parental lobe that will someday kill him. Ugh. Yes, but his friend agrees to approve him from service. So Picard heads up to Starfleet headquarters. Yeah. It was really nice to see that building again. <laughs> and it was just, he goes in, and the ensign there has no freaking clue who he is. Have you seen the trailer for the uh, the next James Bond film? No, I haven't, but I heard it's, this it's, the same type of thing. Same thing happens. He goes back to MI6, and his name, name, and it's just like the same thing as Picard. He goes, Bond, and the guy looks at him, and James Bond. <laughs> so great that two of my favorite properties are disrespecting the two most important people right. to those properties. And then we get to see Picard talking to Admiral Clancy. Yeah, he, he thought space was cold. Oh, yeah. And to say the least, it doesn't go well. She didn't throw anything at him. <laughs> no, she didn't. But she definitely told him that he really needed to go back home. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Even though Picard actually spills everything he knows, which, yeah. of course, maybe not the best idea. I know. He re revealed a couple of cards there still. He, yes. he I guess he was pretty... He thought that he'd held a Trump deck and he would probably, uh, that would convince her. But no, what was her favorite line that she told him, Steve? Yeah, sheer fucking hubris. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure everyone else that watched the episode and listening today is like, yeah, who is she? Exactly. <laughs> I was telling Steve earlier, uh, and I, as I thought, 
put a pair of balls on her, you know, the balls. I mean, how many times has this guy saved the Federation Earth? I mean, what does he have to do? Right. And she just hammers him like that. And I think that by the second time I had watched the episode, she actually has a pile of balls on her desk right in front of her. So we know where she keeps them. <laughs> <laughs> on display for everybody to see. Yep. Now, the wow. one thing that really got me about this whole confrontation was that Clancy says that there were 14 species about to leave the Federation if they continued helping the Romulans. Right. And, oh, that would have imploded the Federation. Yet she goes on the very next sentence and mentions that there are thousands of species protected by the Federation. Yeah, but not joined in the Federation, I guess. I guess, because you wouldn't think that 14 species would cause the Federation to implode. Yeah, I think somebody observed on the official flag of the Federation, there are less stars on it now. I think there used to be more, and now there's less because there were some defections. Uh, that hasn't been filled out for us, so it's it's uh, it's just people something that someone discovered. I haven't seen the flag. I haven't counted the stars, but apparently it's true. Okay, that would make a little <clears throat> more sense, at least. And I can it, it does seem like she contradicts herself. I think in this greater space, some of these species that they're responsible for probably don't have uh, warp technology. I mean, right. we've seen plenty of those too. Yes, absolutely. So they're just the Federation's the sheriff on the block, and that's part of their jurisdiction that's what i'm thinking right and 14 could be major players supporters of the federation as well i mean yeah yeah vulcan say no we don't want to keep the romulans around let's get out of here yeah you don't want the vulcans or some of the other major species bailing on them so right ones with actual fleets like maybe the gorn right etc all right so let's get into some secrets that we found out about dave Dr. Roddy Girati plays a house call at the Picard Vineyards and revealed that Dodge was likely a constructed identity, which was a little too perfect. So I guess they make the same kind of spy mistakes in the future that they do now. And it was created three years ago. Yeah, that's not much of a resume. <laughs> no, not at all. But and it's Poor Dodge, they're young women with their whole future ahead of them, but they don't realize <laughs> that their whole background is just a lie. Right. We're still wondering who constructed that lie was it Bruce Maddox, and if he did, did he want her Soji aboard a, a board cube, and he want Dodge working at the Dacian Institute? Maybe so. Maybe he was wanting some to find out more about the um, Borg hive mind, and that's why one's at the Institute and the other one's out on the reclamation ship. If it was Maddox, why would he leave them? Why make his creation so dangerous as to activate them? Like we saw Dodge activate. Right. And how would the Romulans know? We're all taking it for granted the Romulans did it. It looks like they did. How would they know that? Why would, uh, if it was Maddox, why would he place some, I mean, for their own protection, I suppose, make them secret killing machines? Certainly, uh, Sochi doesn't know, but right. Dodge. It was completely blown away and puzzled by her own abilities. Yes, absolutely. Well, I can only think that if it was Maddox, he did it to uh, as a some type of self-preservation protocol be, uh, built inside him, if true. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it wasn't until she really felt like she was in danger that she was activated. And then she pictured Picard, something that her mother already knew about. Right. Still, still a mystery. So, boy, I don't know. That's what that's makes me think the the link there is the Borg 
I'm still on board with that theory that the Borg have something to do with this. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, and it's apparent the Romulans sure think so. Yeah. Because they mentioned the hive later on. Yeah, boy. I can't wait to find out more. I, I kind of like it that it's one episode a week because, right. oh, I just watched something. I watched The Witcher. I think I finished that in a week. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's like it's over. Like, oh, now what do I do? <laughs> one a week. Uh, at least it gives you time for speculation, trading theories, and having fun with it. Yes. So, speaking of the cube, we, we next visit the cube, and Soji and Narek are sleeping together. Of course they are. Yeah. I didn't know Romulans were so hot either, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ones with beards seem to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and shy, right. little, yeah. cute little shy smiles. <laughs> so we get to find out more about the work. Not a lot, but they uh, it's clear they, they call it an artifact, and it's been disconnected from the collective, according to Narek. If you're disconnected from the collective, then they're pretty much on a graveyard. Right. You don't know exactly why the Romulans have turned it, although they're harvesting bits and pieces. Yeah. They're they're more interested in the technology than in the Borg themselves. Right. She was trying to pick his brain a little bit, too. (laughs) While they're in bed, throw a little pillow talk to find out what they really want. And uh, Narek is, she said, she asked him uh, later on, uh, about his name. Is your name really Narek? And he goes, one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So she didn't get to learn much, but of course, that'll be revisited. And we get a visit back to Earth where uh, Clancy, with the balls, decides yeah. to call Commander O. And Commander O is apparently a head of security and she fills her in on what secrets. Going is she a, a Romulan or a Vulcan, Steve? I think she's supposed to be a Vulcan, but I think she's probably Romulan posing as a Vulcan. Or or she is a Vulcan and she's been turned. Right. For whatever reason. That's true. true. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes her even a bigger traitor. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she mentioned Shot Boss. Right. So she knows about the deepest secret. So I guess she is Romulan, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So, yes, we go back and... She calls in uh, one of my favorites I always see on TV, Peyton List. Yes. Yes. Lieutenant Rizzo, who has her ears rounded. Yeah. And they did, as you mentioned, they, they location of a nest. They're looking for uh, the location of a nest. So, hmm, a nest? Are there more than two? Or there are there several other pairs right. of these out there? Wow. Or are like, they where? thinking twins are trying to interface to the board? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. We definitely need to find out what the Romulans are actually thinking this nest is and all the others. I mean, all we know is, yeah, you've got the twins. But I wonder if they're uh, so much bigger when you see it from the Romulans' perspective. Yeah. Well, it's obviously, I mean, what do they call them? The uh, Romulan Free State? Is that what they call themselves? They don't know anything about what's going on with the Tal Shiar or the, the secret organization. So uh, what are they going to do? Uh, like activate Soji? I mean, they don't want her activated. So they're trying the old pillow talk method. Right. But if they did activate it, maybe some of that uh, latent board technology that's within Soji, perhaps, Could will be. reactivate the cube. That right. would be dangerous. That would be like a bomb going off. Yes, I mean, they already would. <laughs> that guy who was giving the guided tour gave everyone the talk before they walked around the ship in the gray area, you know, with his... <laughs> His sense of humor, he did say it's super dangerous, and if you encounter everyone, you know, get away. If your right. little badge turns green, turn around. Run. Steve, I foresee a lot of green badges in our future. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we do find out that Commodore O is really upset with Rizzo because she was the one behind trying to get Dodge and just basically screwed it up because Dodge was destroyed before she was able to be interrogated. Yeah, that was a big mistake. And, of course, O found out uh, she could see Blaster. What's he called? Blaster? Right. Disruptor fire. Disruptor fire. And against the railing. off the railing, yeah. Right, yeah. So that's sloppy. Yes. I mean, they, they filled that room full of leptons, but uh, they couldn't really scrub the outdoors, and uh, right. O found something. It's a good thing uh, Commodore O is, uh, I mean, they're both so arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> they're like icy and dripping with arrogance. And uh, in Rizzo, if that's, we'll find out her real name soon. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no lyrics, but yeah. You know they're related now. Yeah, she almost overstepped her bounds, and uh, the Commodore had to put her in her place. But she's a bit bloodthirsty. Yeah. Watch your back, oh, watch your back. Yes, because, yeah, she was ready to take out Picard, just give him the word, and we'll eliminate him. Yeah, quick or slow. Yeah. (laughs) I can take it last as long as you want. She's evil. So we make it back after, uh, we make it back up to the Borg Cube, and uh, we get to observe Narek observing uh, Soji at work. I don't know what she really does, though. I actually thought she'd be part of the uh, reclamation effort. Right. But uh, the only trust uh, the Romulan surgeons to take the artifacts off the, the nameless, as they called them. Right. And remove the ocular pieces in the arms. Did you see the look on Narek's face when Soji went up and put her hand on there? Yes. What do you think of that? Well, you think I he think... softened? You know, he, uh, he's obviously sleeping with her, so he maybe right. has a certain amount of affection for her. And to see her have that affection towards, you know, a past being, you know, that was taken in by the Borg and converted, assimilated, I should say. I wanted, That seemed to surprise him, right. you know, gave her some depth of character. I mean, he knows all about her and what she's capable of. But whatever she is right now, you know, she has that humanity to her. And I, I think that might have softened him a little. It's very possible. We find out that she says before the thing starts, she tells him that he needs to get approval by the director. Yeah. Oh, I don't need it. Yeah, so I don't think so. he's the director? Must maybe, be. maybe. Must be. Or he can just walk wherever he was. He's, or he's just, you know, they know who he is on the ship. They're not right. going to say, but. Yeah, he's got free reign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then when she does go over to see the BCs. Yeah. And she touches him and she speaks a language that. Yes. Saying you're free. Yeah. So not only does, I don't know if it's her subconscious or if she's actually aware that she knows what the species is and the language of that species. That is fascinating. Yeah. Narek spoke to her, I guess, in in Romulan. And he said, can you keep a secret? Right. Was, I, we don't know if that, I, <laughs> it's such a small sample. We don't know if this, that was the same language or not. Right. And does she know Romulan because she's working on the Romulan cube and it's helpful? Probably. Well, I like your theory too, that it, she knows the language of right. that species. I mean, that's why his eyes widened and he turned his head. Right. Could be. Yeah. Very interesting. And we get that technology where his sister visits him aboard the ship too and He's got a timeline to get secrets out of her. What did he call her? He, with the rounded ears, she looks like a like a walk walk or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I don't know 
something that uh, Luke Skywalker used to take shoot shoot at for target practice way right. back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, there's a lot to know. But eventually, we get back to uh, our favorite uh, admiral, and he people on the internet he takes out that little compact where he keeps his old Starfleet. I'm um, speaking of Picard, of course. His badge and puts it back on and walks up and look in the stars and calls Raffi, who is and asking for help in a ship. And the first thing he says is, "Don't hang up." So you know something isn't right there. Yeah, and he takes a taxi out to visit her. And I, I had just finished Picard three, as I mentioned earlier, the comic from IDW. And obviously, there's a conflict that's going on between them. She had a gun and a drink. When he comes out, and he's not too welcome, so <laughs> everyone's got a problem with Jean-Luc Picard. But we didn't find out in the comic why Rafi is so mad at him. I thought for sure, since we, we learned other secrets from the comic books, we'd find out what the, the conflict is. But nope, it did not get revealed. And it, on the last page, it says, learn more. And uh, I'll flip to it now. It says, to be continued in Star Trek Picard. So boom, it ended. We didn't find out why Rafi has such a problem with him. Something happens. Yeah, big time. <laughs> and she comes over to his side, though, when he mentioned Romulan assassins operating on Earth, and I have a j- bottle of wine. Yeah. She's like, oh, fine. <laughs> so he knows her weaknesses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Danger, action, and booze. Right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move into some Easter eggs and theories. Of course, the Zatvash have been mentioned before if you want to check that out next generation's face of the enemy and deep space nine's improbable cause and the dias cast of course everyone knows that the stargazer was card's first assignment yeah i wonder if we'll get to see any more of his original original crew that would be great that would be great calling in favors from everywhere yes and, of course, the parietal lobe is a callback to a condition diagnosed by Dr. Crusher after Picard returns from his time as a Borg. Now, of course, in the episode All Good Things, this spot had developed into a neurological disorder called rheumatic syndrome that causes delusions and eventually leads to death. So why trust him? Right. <laughs> now, of course, in the scene where uh, Picard and... Loris and them are discussing him going back into space, which Loris is completely against. Oh boy, was she ever. Yeah. Another stellar performance. First, she uh, was so sly when they were doing that forensic work, and then she is simply outraged, and down goes the tray full of teacups. Right. I, I just love the expression on her face, like, are you freaking mad out yeah. of your mind? <laughs> they will kill you as... <laughs> <laughs> fast as they can yeah and she turns to her her lover <laughs> i don't know if they're married or not partner? Take, yeah partner take him with you go yeah. ahead see if i care go die in space <laughs> oh she's mad yeah and we get the mention of riker wharf and laforge yep uh, anyone who's seen the previews know riker's gonna be back there's no word on wharf or laforge although i hope we see for laforge she was in charge of the uh rescue fleet and it was attacked and apparently he survived it right no hints as to their whereabouts yet though no now the real world location of rafi's home is california vasquez rocks a site used as numerous star trek locales throughout the franchise's history i thought (laughs) some of those rocks looked a little familiar yeah (laughs) 
And of Thanks. course, watching Picard go rogue, it's not hard to be reminded of his legendary predecessor, Captain James T. Kirk. And you'd think that would be appreciated by now, but no. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> now, I know you had a couple of theories, so... I do. Let's hear them. So, I've been looking at this series. There's an abundance of flowers and all sorts of vegetation. I mean, even the opening sequence takes us to the vineyards. Right. Plants. And orchids figure greatly in this series, too. Orchids always had a romantic and sexual connotation to them. And you can make other genus of orchids from orchids. I mean, in Daj's apartment, of course, she has an orchid. And she boasted uh, that uh, her father had ba made a, a species of orchid for her, something original, right. just like her, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's always with gene splicing, and you get something new all together. So it made me think, Hmm. How are they going to fix Picard? They just—I know—they have this thing hanging over his head. No pun intended. That he's got that parietal lobe problem. Can they fix him by cloning him? I thought that after the first episode, but they already cloned him in Nemesis. That was the whole idea behind that whole story. What they were working yeah. in Nemesis, <laughs> yeah. And we know from here that they detest cloning. Yet the Remans were interested in cloning, and they cloned a Picard. Yep. Part of that, they're still going on. I mean, maybe they're maybe. That's the excuse that the Remans were doing it and not the Romulans, technically speaking, and they hated it. And they detested more because of what happened on uh, Star Trek Nemesis. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, well, going back to how you're going to fix Picard. So either they're going to slice him or a gene implant or, 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 since the Borg are on here and there's Borg technology and parts available, that they're going to put a part back on Picard so he won't die. I mean, they took it off and it caused a problem. Put it back and it fixes it, Steve? Sure sounds right to me. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, Jad Boss, what is their deep, dark secret? I mean, we see all the plants. We see all the disdain for clones and synthetics. What is their secret? I'll tell you what their secret is. Their whole existence from the very beginning, the Romulan's existence, is a lie. Starting out as an offshoot of the Vulcans, maybe that's true. An offshoot, perhaps synthetically, uh, organically, and sy synthetically created. That's where they're from, and that's what they hate the most. And that's their deepest, darkest secret. That their whole history of the mighty star empire, the Romulan, all started in the laboratory. They're wow. fake. Nice. <laughs> that is just awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll see. Yeah, let's hope that one definitely pans out, because that yeah. would be great. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it that does. That would be a deep, dark secret and a reason why they hate synthetic beings. Yeah. Because they are one. Right. Organic synthetics. Yeah. That would now, you'd think the Vulcans would know something about that, so we'd have to uh, figure out why they don't, unless they do, too, and that's one of their secrets. Right. And but it wouldn't be logical to keep that a secret? I don't know, unless way back when, I think we saw in Discovery, the history of the Vulcans, they were not too happy. There was a faction of the Vulcans that didn't want to deal with Earths at all. Right. Absolutely there were. And, and there were offshoots of those, and they had their own secret organization. Yep. So, and yeah, it's very possible that <laughs> that's... One of them way back secret. then, yeah. yeah, could have started with that work, you know, we're going to preserve our species, but then it spun off into the Romulans. How about that? Yes, I like it. All right. <laughs> Well, we would love to hear your thoughts and theories on each and every episode this season. 
and looking forward to interacting with you on social media. How can the fans interact with us, Dave? Well, they can go to www.fangirlzone.com and click on the contact link. Here you'll find several ways to contact us via email and social media. I'm at the Real ID Dave on Twitter or Interdimensional Dave, and it's Steve is at uh, Sawyer Steve. And uh, yeah, let us know. Let let us know what you think of my theory about splicing and dicing and gene therapy and synthetics, and it could go all the way back to the Romulans being created in the lab. We'll be interested if anybody has any spinoff theories about that. Yes, we would. And Dave, you also do a blog. You want to let everybody know where they can find that blog? That's through Google on Blogspot. I'm also Interdimensional Dave, all one word, on Blogspot. You can find my theories on that. I'll be writing up, help fill out my organic synthetic start of the Romulans on that. So look for that soon. All right. Sounds good. So please review and rate us on iTunes and every other platform you're listening to us on as good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us as there are a lot of Star Trek Picard podcasts out there. Tell your friends and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. The second episode is on February 6th and is titled The End is the Beginning. So until then, remember... This is Chief Engineer Steve. I never really cared for science fiction. I guess I just didn't get it. <laughs> but you have a book by Isaac Asimov. And this is uh, Red Shirt Dave. And as a red shirt, I need protection. So I'm off to the law offices of Brown and Sticky and get some legal advice. <laughs>